Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today's episode is a must-listen for parents of college-bound teens. My guest today is Susan Paterno, author of Game On, Why College Admission is Rigged and How to Beat the System. As Susan explains during our conversation, college admissions is a game, but unfortunately, the rules aren't clear to all participants, especially to parents. And the colleges have all the advantage. But don't despair. Thanks to Susan and her valuable advice, we can level the playing field by equipping ourselves with knowledge, information, and strategies before allowing our kids to incur a paralyzing amount of student loan debt. I say we because I am a parent right smack in the middle of this journey. Our high school senior is building his college list, and we're getting ready to complete our FAFSA. So I can tell you firsthand that my conversation with Susan is incredibly helpful. She shares some background on how we arrived at where we are today, how families can get the best return on investment from college, and why the U.S. News College rankings are bogus. Be sure to listen all the way to the end, where Susan shares her own family's journey through the college admissions process, and her best advice for parents for getting the best college deal. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's get started. Hi, Susan. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Oh, Betsy, it is my pleasure. I'm so looking forward to having the opportunity to talk to you about my new book. Yes, your new book is, uh, I love the title, first of all, and I love so many things about it as I read through it. But um, before we get into all that, can you just take a minute or two and just introduce yourself to my audience? Absolutely. Um, My name is Susan Paterno, and I'm a professor of English and director of the journalism program at Chapman University in Orange, California. Great. An author and recent author. author. Yes, uh, I'm sorry, of course. And why (laughs) I'm here today is uh, to talk about my new book, Game On, Why College Admission is Rigged and How to Beat the System. So uh, yeah, that's my, it's my third book and my, I'm very excited to have time to talk to you and, and all of your listeners about some of what I learned researching the college admission process, um, for my four children, I went through it with my four children, and I'm also uh, for six years was on the faculty admission committee at Chapman University. So I saw it from both sides, from the side of the parent and from the side of the university. So yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that I can lend some insight for your listeners about how to win their way through the college admission industrial complex. Because speaking as a parent, I can say it is incredibly disorienting when you're in the middle of it. Yeah, as a parent in the middle of it, <laughs> I have a high school senior, I concur. And I love that you have that perspective from both directions. I think that's incredibly valuable because you've walked through it four times, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And you can talk to both sides. So let's start with um, 
Well, first of all, so the name of the book is Game On, Why College Admission is Rigged and How to Beat the System. So why that title? Well, because it is a game. Um, it, it is a game. And unfortunately, the colleges and the financial aid system has the rules, and they often don't share all the rules with the parents and the students who are applying. So it, it's a game and you, um, you need to play to win. And how do you do that if you don't know all the rules? Because they really do keep some of the rules to themselves. And some of the most important rules, they never divulge. So it's kind of a secretive process. So I wanted to write the book to help parents and students who don't have the resources to pay tens of thousands of dollars to a college uh, advisor or college consultant um, to get through the system with their sanity intact and know that you're going to find a great college at the end of this. And the big question is, can you afford it? So I think that's why I wrote the book, having been in a situation where we really were price sensitive our family. And we really had to be careful about um, not overpromising our kids about uh, where they could go. So I think from that point of view, and then just also feeling lost most of the time while we were going through it and, and talking to so many friends um, who are also going through it and who begged me to help them. And at some point I said, they said, why don't you just write a book? And I thought, you know what, I should just do that because then Everybody can get the information they need to help themselves get through this process and know it's going to be okay at the end of the road. What a, what a great service you've done for so many parents. And I'm going to put a link to the book in the show notes so people can find it directly. Um, but I talk about cost conscious. I mean, yeah, I know there are parents that have lots of money to throw at college, but most of the parents I know don't. So I would say we're talking about the majority here, um, especially when it comes to return on investment for college, right? I talk a lot about that. I'm like, it's an expensive experiment if you send your kids to college kind of willy-nilly without doing the research. So you talk, it's even in the title, you talk about beating the system. What do you mean by that? Like, it sounds a little like, hmm, is that on the up and up? Like, what does that mean, beating the system? Well, yeah, because it's it's a system that's stacked against families who can't afford to pay full price for college, frankly. Mm. And as you mentioned, that's pretty much 99% of all families, maybe 96% of all families, maybe 4% of families can afford to pay full price. But that's a lot of families who can't. So when I say beating the system, I, don't, I, I only mean how do you uh, level the playing field, right? I mean, they hold all the cards. They, they know all the rules. Uh, this is a system that needs to be changed on a macro level. So I guess when I say beating the system, I'm doing it for the individual families who really need the information right now, right? Because they're in the middle of it. But I also provide some advice and guidance for how do we change the whole system for everybody so that it isn't this terrible game with secretive rules that we have to worry about beating. Why can't we change the system to make it fair for the 96%? Why, why is it only fair for 4% of Americans who can afford to pay full price? That seems to me to be the more unfair part of this. Ugh, amen. I totally <laughs> agree. And I mean, you're speaking from a parent point of view and an educator point of view, right? I mean, yeah. this kind of change, like you're talking about systematic change, right? Where does that happen? Does that happen at the college, you know, upper, uh, the college university level? Does it happen societally? Like, I don't even know how you move that needle. 
Yeah, in the book, I talk about this um, a lot. I talk about the history of college admissions and financial aid, how we got here, how corrupt it became in the 90s and early 2000s. And so the book lays out for families the history of how we got here. And then we, we need to separate it into two parts, really. There are families right now who can't change the system. Their kids are about to start um, applying to college and they just really need help to get through what is. So my hope is that the book is not just for those families, though I think those families are, uh, really can use the information that I have in the book, but it's also for all other people who want to make a bigger change and how do you do that? Because the bigger change really has to come at a federal and state level. And that is, that is, a, that is not an easy ship to turn. So, but if we all as a community decide that this is a priority, it can be accomplished. It really will take all of us who have gone through it or who are going through it to make a concerted effort to, to vote for lawmakers who are going to want to make the system more fair for everyone, not just for those who can afford to pay full price. So I think the book is divided into two parts. Um, one is to understand the larger system and, and what you're about to, um, you know, the quicksand you're about to step into and how can you as a family get the best return on your investment um, for you as a family? And then also, what can you do to turn that ship around? How can you lobby these lawmakers to make college um, affordable for everyone, not just for the very wealthy? Yeah. I, I love in the book that you refer to how families can win the the hunger games of higher ed. I mean, that, that just creates this very vivid picture and, you know, it's pretty accurate, right? It's, it's, yeah. I've heard people call it the arms race of higher ed. You know, it's been called a lot of different things, all more negative than the next, but well, let's talk about the myth of the perfect fit. Cause you talk about that in the book. So let's I start because I talk a lot on this podcast about finding the right fit, not finding the best college, whatever that means, you know, whatever list you're looking at that day, mm -hmm. but finding the best fit for your kid. So you say that that's a myth. There's a perfect fit and that's a myth. What do you mean by that? Yeah. And that all goes, goes to this idea of the hunger games of higher ed. I think that, you know, we've turned this into a hunger games. We, when I mean, we, I mean, you know, Americans have, and I think when you read the book and you read the history, you understand that you've kind of been um, deceived because mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a Hunger Games. Um, you know, more than half the universities and colleges out there accept up to 70% of their applicants and they're, they're fine schools. So there's many fine schools out there that are affordable. So Hunger Games of Higher Ed is what we have created. And, it, and, I, and I, I like to bust that myth. And one of the ways to bust that myth is busting the myth about the perfect fit. So the perfect fit is not about, quote unquote, a best college, because when you talk about, quote unquote, best college, most people are referring to those U.S. news rankings. Yep. And those things are pretty darn bogus. If it, yep. There's a whole chapter in my book. If, if you don't believe me, um, <laughs> there's a whole chapter in my book that deconstructs why U.S. news rankings are pretty darn bogus. And essentially, bottom line is they measure institutional wealth. And that's great for the institution, but that doesn't necessarily translate to the student attending college. So let's let's bust that myth of the perfect fit. The first, the best, the best fit, the 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 perfect fit really is the is is the financial fit. So mm -hmm. you want to find your financial fit first. And there's 2,500 four-year public um, and nonprofit 
private colleges and universities out there. They range in cost from about 25,000 to 75,000. In, in the book, I explain how can you identify those colleges that are great colleges that, where your kids are going to get a great education, but where you're not going to have to you know, pay an arm and a leg to, to have your child attend. And there are actually lists of them in the book. I mean, you can actually go through one of the chapters, list those, those, those colleges and how to find them and how to find the match, how to match your child with one of these great colleges where your child can get a, a great financial aid package. And that's really the bottom line here. That is the secret to admission success, getting that great financial aid package um, for an excellent college. That is the best way to maximize um, your college return on investment. Now, that raises the whole question of financial aid, which is its own mm. crazy secret morass that I deconstruct also in the book. But um, I'm going to let you, Betsy, ask me questions about financial aid because I, I have many answers and many, <laughs> many suggestions on how to wind your way through that crazy process. Well, boy, I have a lot of questions, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, as a family who also budget conscious, getting ready to send a kid to school, uh, the student loan debt crisis makes my head explode, right? Kids are coming out of school with crazy amounts of debt that they may not never, but it will take forever to pay them back. They're ending up in careers that are, they're underemployed or unemployed. They, they're not able to make their payments. So I guess my biggest question of all with relation to um, financial aid is how to avoid dig- digging yourself into that financial aid black hole. Yeah, excellent question. Number one, throw don't use the U.S. News Best Colleges for anything but general information. Don't use it as a, as a gauge of where your child needs to go or blah, 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 because it's a brand name. Um, what you want to do instead is find colleges that are the best fit for your child. How do you do that? That's the important question. First, that means looking for measures that assess affordability, right? You need to make a deal with your child that you as a family are only going to borrow as much as that student expects to earn the first year after graduating. So I can tell you in my book, I have um, a a long anecdote about a, a young woman who was an art major at NYU, and she ended up graduating with $100,000 in debt. She wanted to be a, you know, an art photographer. And, and it, it's a great story. It's a very instructive story for parents and students to understand. Don't borrow $100,000 to go to NYU to be an art major because you're going to not get a job that's going to pay that debt off. So you have to be very realistic. And it's hard with a 17-year-old because most 17-year-olds don't know what they want to do with their lives. And I am an English professor, so I see the value in the humanities. I think English degrees are excellent preparation in critical thinking um, that teach you how to solve any kind of problem, right? So just writing off an English degree, I I wouldn't encourage that. But there's plenty of places where you can get English degrees Um, at an affordable price. Great, high quality English degrees. So the first step is only borrow as much money as the student expects to earn um, the first year after graduating. So my own daughter graduated with a degree in archaeology and history and literature. She could expect to earn maybe, I don't know, $30,000 a year after graduating. So we were very, very, very firm, you know, you're not going to have a big loan. We're only going to pay for what we can afford to pay. And we made that deal 
very early on in the college search process. So great. Look for those colleges that provide career development services. That's very important. Um, that will tell you what the pers- postgraduate earnings are per- for particular majors. There's websites that do that. Look for academic rigor. That's very important. Look for small class sizes in the major your student or your child wants to pursue. Um, look for opportunities to participate in research and public service and internships. If you find a college that has those opportunities um, and it's in your price range, which is another whole big secret thing, is it in your price range? Uh, mm-hmm. Those are great colleges to target and identify. Um, you know, not the, necessarily the brand name colleges. There are there are about 12, 12 colleges in the nation that promise to charge families only what families can afford without loans. So families need to understand that when when colleges tell you, oh yeah, we have a great financial aid package, that might come with $30,000 a year in loans. So only borrow again as much as you expect to earn. And then more important, only accept government subsidized loans. Okay, and that's not a lot of money. We're talking about a total of maybe $25,000 over four years. But that is good money to borrow because it comes with good terms. Um, it comes with loan forgiveness. Private loans are a money pit. So I would say to parents, unless you're wealthy, avoid parent plus loans like the plague. Those are not government subsidized. And they're also very hard to understand because it it kind of makes families believe they are government subsidized, but they're not. So only borrow what the government subsidizes and you you can figure out what loans those are by um, looking at the looking at the fine print. If it says that you don't have to pay that loan back for six months after you graduate, that's a subsidized loan. So that's a little tip. Long, long answer to your short question, Betsy. So sorry. <laughs> this is beyond helpful. Like I'm taking notes and I'm, this is super helpful. So thank you. Yeah. Long answers are welcome. Um, all right. So you have a section in the book called busting the myths about college admissions. Mm-hmm. So let's pull back the curtain on college admissions a little bit here because and I've talked to some other people about it on the podcast as well. But what's the real deal? Like test scores or no test scores, you know, mm-hmm. score, you know, test optional or not optional. How important is the essay? What about extracurriculars? What if my kid isn't involved in a lot of activities? From your experience, both with your own kids and what in at your your university, what do you What's the real deal here for parents? You know what? I'm going to tell you that I have a whole chapter on how to decide where your child should apply or where to help the child decide where to apply, right? So I go through all that in the book. It It's a chapter that just goes through straight through. If, if you're this kind of student, right, then this is what you want to do to get into this kind of college. So I, in, I think the best thing to do for instance, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go through. Yeah. It's putting it together. It tells you exactly what to do in what year of high school. For instance, if you're unsure if you're competitive, answer the following questions: Are you willing to assemble an application that shows you're seriously interested in each elite college you want to attend? So I actually break it down: um, elite colleges, selective colleges, uh, state colleges and universities, and then exactly what you have to do what you have to assemble to get into each one of those types of colleges. So 
I think it's really important. And the reason I wrote the book was because I didn't know any of this before um, my third child started applying to college. My first two children, my two sons went to University of California. One went to Berkeley. One went to Santa Cruz. It was one application. It cost $15,000 a year. It was very easy. And then the third child, who's quite a bit younger, um, started looking at colleges in 2008. And then it was crazy because she wanted to go to a private college and they were so expensive. Did she have the portfolio? So that's why I put that detail. I mean, it's very, very detailed. You can figure out where your child fits in this pantheon of colleges and what kind of portfolio he or she has or what kind of portfolio he or she needs to put together to get into one of those colleges, right? Mm -hmm. So the truth of the matter is all the hype about elite colleges, those 12 that we're talking about that promise to pay, you know, charge only what families can afford to pay without loans, all of that is true. But that's just 12 colleges out of 2,500. You can get a great education at a college that isn't in that 12 for an affordable price if you strategize. And so that's the strategies that I try to give parents in the book. So, you know, if you ask me, oh, if Betsy, you ask me, my child wants to get into Harvard or Yale or Stanford or Princeton or Williams or Amherst, that's a different kind of portfolio that you need to put together than if your child wants to get into, say, Chapman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So th- we're talking about apples and oranges, which is why I lay it out so specifically so parents can say, well, yeah, no, my child does not have, uh, is not in the 98th percentile in the test scores and has a 4.6 GPA. So, you know, maybe I need to look at some other place because she does have a 4.0. So what college is going to give me a merit scholarship or what po- college is going to give her a merit scholarship for a 4.0? So that going back to your original question, why game on? It's a game. Mm, it is. <laughs> it These is. are all the rules there that the colleges do not tell families. They don't want families to know all the rules and how they make the sausage. They just don't want right. that because it keeps it gives them more power and control. Yeah. And you know, we hear more and more too now about holistic admissions, right? We're looking at the whole student. We're not just looking at the test scores or we're not. That's all still part of the game because holistic admissions means something different at almost every college, right? Yes, absolutely. It's all about institutional goals. Mm -hmm. And those goals, those goals could be revenue, um, revenue based goals. In other words, it could be that a university or college really needs to admit more full paying students Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, so basically you can't, you can't game that part of the system. Mm. The part you can the part that you can win is figuring out your child's strengths and matching those strengths to a college or a university uh, where you can get the best, best financial aid package. And that's why I say the myth of the perfect fit, it's, that's, it's a myth because the fit is about finding your best um, affordable college. That's what mm-hmm. you're looking for. You really do need to let affordability drive this bus. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. I mean, not that money is not always important, but a lot of people are struggling right now. People have lost jobs yeah. and lost income for whatever reason. And and remember that most students, 70% of students end up at state uh, universities um, or state colleges. 
Uh, but even those uh, programs are getting awfully expensive, even for in-state students. So you have to strategize your child's portfolio to get um, merit scholarships from those institutions as well. So that is also that also requires strategy that I talk about in the book. How do you strategize the best deal from your own in-state college or university? So yeah, I mean, I go through all these different different print, but it's easy. I think it's very easy. I think you've read it, Betsy. I think you you can see it's very easy to just go through and where does my child fit? And I also don't discourage students from applying to those colleges, those elite colleges that offer the best deals. Um, if you're in that, if you're in that ballpark, go for it. You just never know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you comfortable sharing any of your personal stories with your kids and kind of how they went about their search? Oh, yeah, no problem. I, in, in the book, I share all of that. So in terms of, as I mentioned, the older boys, um, they went through the University of California when the University of Cal- California was affordable for middle class families. Their, the tuition was affordable and the living was affordable. But then um, when the, the third child who, who was looking for colleges in 2008, uh, wanted to go to a private college. By that time, there had been changes in lending laws that made it possible for families to borrow as much money as they wanted to go to college or as much money as a college would charge. So at that point, by that time, um, by the time the third child was applying to college in her senior year, it would it it would have been more expensive to send her to UCLA than to send her to Harvard. No um, way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's always shocking to parents because they think, how is that even remotely possible? It is because Harvard is one of those 12 colleges. And, and in fact, I think Harvard probably has the best financial aid in the nation because it has the largest endowment in the nation. Um, if you can get into a college like Harvard or Yale, then you're going to get a great deal. The problem is, does your child have you know, the portfolio to get into one of those colleges. And in the book, I explain exactly what the academic index index score required uh, to get into those colleges would be. And that's really where you wanna start. Um, so for my own child, she thankfully just is a, was a very good test taker and you know just really loved learning and um, went to an arts high school. And this was all happenstance. I mean, we did not strategize this. This just happened to work out. And um, so she had that portfolio, not that we knew it at the time. I didn't know it. I told her, why are you applying to Harvard? That's ridiculous. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. Nobody gets into Harvard, right? And she basically just barreled through and did her own, um, did her own consulting and coaching and researching. She, she did it all herself. You know, we, we really didn't do much for her. <laughs> She's very motivated. Um, so she applied, she wanted to apply to 20 colleges. We had a big fight, reduced it to, I think she applied to 11. Um, she ended up not applying to any UCs at all, which was very nerve wracking. And bottom line is she got a great deal from Harvard and um, Yale and 
we use the Harvard, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna, cause it's in the book. We use the Harvard financial aid offer to kind of try to get a better deal from Yale. And that's very successful. So that's another way to get a better financial aid offer and ended up paying um, for Harvard $18,000 a year, all inclusive room and board, plus one free trip, round trip, airfare. <laughs> and a coat allowance. So, I mean, it was kind of like winning the lottery. In fact, the funny story in our family is she and I, we were driving, she was in a theater conservatory at the time we were driving to her theater rehearsal. And she looked at her phone and she said, I got into Harvard. And I said, oh, you did not. Why are you punking me? So she still, <laughs> she still gives me endless grief because I did not believe she got into Harvard. I, I, first of all, I, I can't believe she attended Harvard for $18,000 a year. Yeah, they did rise, raise, raise the price. So I think by the end it was 20. <laughs> So I, um, you know, say what you will about Harvard. It was a lifesaver for our family. Now, that said, I can't say that paying $18,000, $20,000 a year was easy. But because we made mistakes with the first two in terms of loans, we were literally still paying off our loans from our second son who graduated in the early 2000s. So by the time she started college in 2011, we still had one more year of loans to pay off for the other two. So price was very important. And I, yeah. and I vowed never ever to take out another loan again, because it was just torturous to pay off mm. those loans. So um, I learned the hard way, but yeah, I mean, again, in the book, I talk about like, you know, does your child have what it takes to get into one of these colleges that is, that are going to give you a great deal. So, yeah. yeah. So that's our personal story. Um, and also then in the book, in the introduction, it talks about this, the, the, our last child um, also going through the process. And I became I became a lot more crazy with the last child. Thankfully, she was the last child. I became crazy because I saw how insane it was with the third child who had done everything herself. And then it was just by dumb luck, we got this great deal. And then the last child's going through. So I put a lot more pressure on her, mm. you know, to try to find an affordable. Because <laughs> yeah. you knew that the deals were out there. You'd well, gotten one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So she kind of, she kind of bared the brunt of my actually paying attention. <laughs> so I only really paid attention for the fourth child. <laughs> <laughs> But by then you were practically an expert, right? Yeah, by then I was it. already had gone through it. And my, um, I, I was very active in their high school and on their PTO. And the PTO moms enlisted me to, to be the college, uh, kind of college education guru. So I did a ton of research to help other parents at the high school figure out, you know, so a lot of this just came out organically from my doing you know, research for the other parents at the high school and trying to just be helpful. Um, sitting on the Chapman admission committee as well was very helpful to give insight to parents. I mean, I helped just a ton of parents win their way through this because having gone through it, I felt so sorry for them. Um, and yeah, again, why I wrote the book, because I can't clone myself and I, I don't want to go into this business. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, but I do want to give parents who and families who don't have an opportunity or money to hire a consultant mm. some information that will help them win the game and, and not go into debt. Oh, such a valuable resource. I, I, this is fantastic. I'm going to recommend it to every college researching family I know. <laughs> and boy, there's a lot of them right now. So yeah. 
Any last pieces of advice, especially for parents right now who are ready to just throw up their hands, they're so overwhelmed, trying to help their kids, like anything else that we haven't covered that you think is really important to share? A couple things. Um, Test optional is not a panacea. Parents need to ask the college directly, are you going to use test scores to award merit scholarships? Because uh, I, I kind of monitor this and most colleges have not, they've said, yeah, we're going to make this test optional, but they haven't gone so far as to say um, we're going to be test blind. And those are, it's so hard for parents who are going into the admis- admission industrial complex because there's all this terminology that you need to be familiar with. And if you get the book, you can just look it up in the index. So test optional is not test blind. Test optional simply means um, you don't have to submit te- test scores. But it doesn't, it doesn't prevent the college or university from using test scores to award merit scholarships. And merit scholarships are tuition discounts that families absolutely need to afford college. So you need to be very mindful when you're applying test optional colleges, even if you get in, right? And then a week later, you get the financial aid package, it might be loaded up with loans. And now your child has been, you know, her her heart is set on NYU or his heart is set on NYU and NYU wants you to take out $30,000 in loans a year. And now where are you? So at the get go, be very careful about asking the college or university, the top 10 college universities on your child's list. Are they using test scores to, to, to award um, merit scholarships? So I would say that's a really important um, something very important to remember. Um, And then I'm trying to think of anything else that we haven't covered that you think needs to be covered in terms of just tips. No, I mean, I think obviously you cover so much more in the book and yeah. I, think, I think we hit the highlights. Um, yeah. I just, the last thing I would say is remember moms and dads out there that financial aid award letter arrives a week after the admit letter and your, your child may be so wedded to this college and then you get this, financial aid package that's just filled with loans. So you want to make sure that you can manage those expectations at the outset. So doing having your child narrow it down to the 10 top colleges and then doing that research, you can find out how to do it in the book to find out how those colleges award financial aid without loans and merit scholarships, which are these essentially just tuition discounts. Right. So all that is explained, but I think that's the most important thing. Don't take out those loans, except except the subsidized ones, which are that's good debt to have. So that's how I'll leave it okay. <laughs> with you. Fantastic advice. So this book is packed chock full of so much good <laughs> advice like that. I am so grateful for the time you spent here and everything that you've shared and for writing this book. Um, if people want to find you, follow you, where's a good place to to reach you online. So you can find me on Twitter at Susan Paterno, or you can find me on LinkedIn, or you can find me, I have an author's page, susanpaterno.com that will give you my email, but I'm out there. Um, very easy to find. Uh, just shoot me an email. If you have any questions, um, I'm happy to answer them, but I, I don't do this professionally. So <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't want to go into the business of college consulting. <laughs> so, I get it. I, I get I'm, it. I'm very happy to, to answer, you know, any quick questions or you, you, that I can answer very quickly on an email or Twitter or whatever, but follow me on Twitter because I also write for Forbes 
um.com um, where I do columns about college admissions and give more college admissions advice. And I usually post those on my Twitter account. Um, and yeah, so just uh, look for me on Forbes, look for me on Twitter and shoot me an email. I'm happy to help. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you, Betsy. It has been a pleasure chatting with you. Any other time you want me on, I'm happy to do it. Okay. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> she said yes to coming back. Well, that was super helpful. I want to thank my guest, Susan Paterno, again for spending time with me today. Being a parent right in the thick of college admissions for the first time, my conversation with Susan gave me a lot to think about and some homework, too. I've never really been a big fan of the best colleges lists in U.S. News and the other journals. The word best, much like the word success, is so subjective. Every person is on a different journey. Every family has different financial needs when choosing a college. Our student loan debt crisis has reached an all-time high, almost $1.6 trillion. And while most families don't have the means to send their kids to college debt-free, as Susan details in her book, there are strategies that every family can put in place to mitigate the costs. The big question families should be asking about any and all colleges on their child's list should be, can we afford it? If the answer is no, then it's time for a heart-to-heart -heart family conversation. Game On is a must-read for families embarking on the college application process, whether it's this year or coming in the near future. Knowledge is power, and the more you understand the rules, the better chance you have of winning the college admissions game. Thanks so much for tuning in today. As always, I'm grateful that you're listening, and I'd really appreciate it if you would follow or subscribe to the High School Hamster Wheel podcast in your favorite podcast player. I welcome your feedback and would love to hear any ideas you have for future episodes. Be sure and check out the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com slash 93, where I will include all links mentioned during this episode. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.